Amen. Well, let me get back to the Word here for a minute from Isaiah chapter 32, verse 17. The effect of righteousness will be peace, and the result of righteousness, quietness and trust forever. I thought about that, and I grabbed my journal, and, and I wrote those things down, that the result of living in right standing with God... That's a good definition of the word righteousness, is living in right standing with God. The result of living in right standing of God will be three things, at least from this passage in Isaiah. It will be peace. So being a wordsmith and liking to look, like, and liking to look up, I like to look up things in the dictionary. I can't talk well, but I can <laughs> read. Amen. Peace. The definition of the word peace is freedom of the mind from annoyance, from disturbance, from distraction, and from anxiety. And I'm thinking, all you got to do is watch a second or two of any news broadcast. And I don't know about you, but I'm annoyed. And distracted and have a sense of anxiety. Come on. But there's another part of the definition of peace, and it is the state of serene tranquility. And you might be thinking, in the day and age that we live in, anybody that is having a state of serene tranquility is smoking some good hooch. That's all I got to say. <laughs> I quit okay. <laughs> last week sometime. Um, <laughs> uh, the result of righteousness then is peace because of the righteousness of my life. Now, bear with me. I'm, i got more to say about this. No matter what the circumstances or the things that are happening around me, I ought to be free from being annoyed free from being distracted, free from being filled with anxiety, and I ought to somehow, beyond the state of reason, have a serene tranquility about me? That just, that just doesn't make sense. Then it goes on to say that the result of righteousness will be quietness. How many of y'all all like quietness? Anybody like quietness? Yeah, yeah, I kind of do too. What is quietness? Well, obviously I had to go look in the dictionary. F freedom from noise. <laughs> freedom from noise. I'm telling you, I don't care what news organization you like to listen to or what Facebook things you like to read or what YouTube videos you like to watch. There's a whole lot of noise going on out there. And it is robbing you of your peace. Yet the fruit of righteousness will be peace. The fruit of righteousness will be quietness. It didn't say there wouldn't be any noise. It just said that in the midst of noise, the fruit of the righteousness on you will produce an internal quietness. And then finally, it says uh, the result of righteousness, quietness, 
and trust forever. So obviously I had to go look up that word in the dictionary. And of course, one of the definitions of the word trust is confident hope. But another word uh, is the word security. Trust, security. So righteousness. Now remember all these three things that I just said, they are the result of righteousness. They're not the result of tear up your Bible program. That's just a thing. Are you with me? The quietness, the peace, the trust, the security is a result, it's a fruit of righteousness. So it says to me that if I don't have peace, I don't have a sense of quietness, and I don't have a sense of security, then I'm probably not living in the righteousness that I have. Are you following my train of thought this morning? Righteousness, or right standing with God, of course is secured by the finished work of Jesus Christ at the cross of Calvary. That being said, and secured through Christ, we must walk and live in right standing with God. Especially in these days that we live. There's no room for compromise in this day and age, brother and sister. Beloved, there's no room for riding the fence on what you believe and how you're going to live your life. Saints of God, this is the day where you must choose whom you will serve and stand firm on that decision. There's no, there's no place for lukewarmness in the people of God. None. So no matter what, yes, we do have the righteousness of Christ, and I want to talk about that for a minute, but there's something that comes with that, and that is that I must walk in a manner that is right in the eyes of God. We must live in a manner that's conducive with wearing the robe of righteousness that we have because of the finished work of Jesus Christ at the cross of Calvary. To live differently, to supposedly, erroneously wear the robe of righteousness while living a completely unrighteous lifestyle is an insult to the cross of Calvary and to what Jesus Christ accomplished there. Wearing the garment of righteousness while living in opposition to the Word of God is living in ungodliness. That's living in unholiness. And let me tell you what, ungodliness, unholiness, and worldliness will not produce the effects of righteousness. Mentioned in Isaiah chapter 32, verse 17. Quietness, peace, and trust. So what does this peace, what does this quietness, what does this trust look like? Because I'll guarantee you there are people in this room who do, that have a lack of peace. They have a lack of quietness, and they have a lack of trust, yet would call themselves the righteousness of Christ. Something's out of balance there. So what does this quietness, what does this peace, what does this trust look like? Well, once again, I went to Isaiah because that's where I was tearing up my Bible. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 2, where it says this, and I love this passage of Scripture. This is what is 
this righteousness will produce this kind of peace, this kind of quietness, this kind of trust. When you pass through the water, I will be with you. Uh, when you pass through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. And when you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. Say what? Now, there's some of you right now, you feel like you're walking through the water. And it, it's bad. And, and you're thinking about maybe uh, you're being... Uh, you're in the river. You're being overwhelmed, not just by the height of the water, but by the current, the undertow that's trying to pull you down, that's trying to pull you downstream, and you don't, even, you don't feel like you have anything to hang on to but slippery rocks. Or you feel like you're going through the fire, and it's bad, and I want you to know that this peace, this quietness, this trust that is a result of the righteousness of Christ in you is like those things. I can be through the water and it'll be all right. He's with me. I could go through the river and even though it looks like, feels like they're washing me downstream, they're not gonna because he's with me. And in the midst of the fire, when it's the hottest, when the kitchen is the hottest, it can be okay because he's with me. Are you hearing me this morning, saints of God? Now Isaiah goes on again to give us a picture of this peace, this quietness, and this trust in Isaiah chapter 60, verse 2, where it says this, and remember again that every passage of Scripture that I'm reading right now somehow blends into, fits into the day that we live. And this one says, Behold, darkness shall cover the earth. And if that ain't bad enough, thick darkness the peoples. Now, how many might just guess that this is a pretty accurate description of the day that we live? Huh? I mean, it, it, there's never been a time that I can, when I say history, I'll talk about my lifetime. There's, and that's 64 years, still young, many, many more years to go. Amen. Hallelujah. Right on? But in, in my lifetime, I've never seen the times as dark as they are right now, and I've certainly never seen thick darkness upon the people like it is right now. They're not only burning the flag now, but they're using Bibles as fire starters for some of their protests. Listen, the attack on Christianity, any of you who got to watch the Lance Wall now, I got that actually just a few minutes before you sent it. Thank you very much. Uh, Lance Wall now gave a, a prophetic word of a, a, of a thing that happened with the president, we should make that available to as many as we can. It, it is so true that what's happening throughout the land and especially uh, in the political realm, let me be uh, politically correct to say it that way, uh, is to, it, what is under attack is your Christianity. Let that sink in for a minute. This is why I'm so proud of all of y'all. I'm looking here at a church that, quite frankly, if I had 200 seats in this room, they'd all be filled up. We have 104 seats in this room, and you're at 75% capacity, and you're filling it up, and there's people in overflow. God bless y'all over in overflow right now. We love you. Amen. <laughs> Yeah, all right. <laughs> Liam goes, well, I, no, Scott, I'm sorry, Jack goes, well, I got to rise out everybody to that. I'll do that a few more times, amen. 
out of the mouth of babes. If we'd only accept the kingdom of God and the stuff that I'm even talking about today, like little children. Amen. So let me get back to that passage in Isaiah 60, verse 2. Behold, darkness shall cover the earth and thick darkness the people. But the Lord. Remember I said that this was another picture that Isaiah gave of what this peace, this quietness, and this trust would look like. Peace, quietness, and trust is a fruit of righteousness. Yes, the righteousness that has been imputed unto us because of Jesus Christ, but not just that righteousness, the righteousness of living right in the eyes of God. That's what the church doesn't want to hear. Just cover me in the righteousness of Christ and leave me alone and let me live however I want to live. I'm sorry, oil and water do not mix. But the Lord... I, I, I put it in bold and underlined it and italics it. I did everything in there, except I didn't get my crayons out and color it in, Diane. But the Lord will rise upon you, and his glory will be seen upon you. Woo! Say what? That's when the waters are there, when the rivers are there, when the fires are there, when darkness is there, and when thick darkness is there, it says, but upon you, but upon my people, says the Lord, my light will shine in those times. Amen? It'll be seen upon you, his glory, his presence. My friends, you need to understand this, that his glory, his presence, his power cannot be seen upon you if it isn't in you. Lack of peace. Now, this is for all y'all. Lack of peace. I'm talking to the saints of God, and I'm talking to the saints of God. I'm talking to all those who are listening today, whether you have accepted Christ into your life or not. Lack of peace, lack of quietness, lack of trust will be a notable, demonstrative description of your life when you are not walking, when you are not living in a manner pleasing to the Lord, walking and living in His righteousness. So go ahead and say, I'm a Christian and I wear the cloak of righteousness and, you know, what, is, what is I've heard before, you bow like a sheep on Sunday and live like a pig all week long. That's the only thing Jack will remember today. <laughs> Papa said live like a pig all week long. Now, I'm not talking about or am I suggesting a lifestyle of human righteousness because that will never work. The idea of just being good enough is not going to work. No one can ever be good enough. There's no amount of good that can secure your passage in righteousness, in that righteousness that's offered by Christ at the cross of Calvary, no amount of good. The man who stopped by while we were at the channel who wanted, he said, well, I, can, I can tell that, and here's what he said, and I should have jumped on it right away, but I wanted to live in peace and quietness, quite frankly, thank you very much. And, uh, and he said, well, I can see you're not reading one of the classics. I'm about peace and quiet's about to go out right now, let me tell you what. 
And he said, you, that's when he said, you must be putting your sermon together. I said, yes, I am. And he said, well, I've not been much of a churchgoer, but I've been real good. I'm thinking, you do not want me to read the paragraph I'm writing about you right now. <laughs> There's no amount of good that can secure your passage with the righteousness that's offered by Christ at Calvary. Luke chapter 18, verse 19, Jesus' words himself, why do you call me good? That's what Jesus said. Huh? Jesus, of all people, could have went, all right, well, I of all human beings can be good. But he said, why do you call me good? No one is good except for God alone. And yet there's a whole lot of people in this world and maybe even in this church, I pray not, who are thinking that they're okay because they're just being good enough. Can I help you with something? When you are living with that mindset, you are not living under the umbrella of the righteousness of Christ. You're living based on your own merit, your own works, and your own righteousness. Romans 3.10, the Apostle Paul said, none is righteous. No, not one. Just look at your neighbor on the right. Say, I think he's talking about you. Now just point to yourself. Nah, I think he's talking about you. Your personal goodness, your self-willed righteousness will never be enough. In fact, Scripture teaches us that our human righteousness is nothing more than filthy rags. And I'm not talking about a life that's consumed with doing good, and I'm not talking about a life that's consumed with being good. I'm talking about a heart set. I'm talking about a mindset to be Christ-minded in all of your affairs of life. To be Christ-centered. I'm not talking about perfect living because no one is good enough. I'm not talking about perfect thinking because no one is righteous. Are you listening? You'll never be good enough in this human condition. I will never be good enough in this human condition. However... May our Father say of us and judge in us, even in our human frailty, even in our weaknesses, even in our shortcomings, that a demonstrative description of our life is like he said of David, they have a heart that is after me. Acts chapter 32, excuse me, Acts chapter 13, verse 22, the apostle that wrote the book of Acts says, I have found in David a man after my heart. Here it is. Here was God's definition of a man or a woman after the heart of God who will do all my will. Why are you looking at us, Pastor? Well, you're staring at me. Plus, you need to let that sink in. You need to look at your, you need to examine your own life. I'm not your fruit inspector. 
I'm your pastor. I'm not here to to inspect your lives. I am here to share with you the Word of God on how you should live your life, and then you go walk that out yourself. I'm not going to follow you around like a fly on the wall. I'm not into beating the sheep, but I am into leading, feeding, and guiding, and protecting the flock of God. Can I get an amen? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I love it. So I will never be good enough in this human condition. You will never be good enough in this human condition. And yet, there is a righteousness that will produce in me and produce in you a fruit, a result, that even in this tumultuous, storm-filled, chaotic, anarchic, anarchist, anarchistra, you all know what I'm trying to say. We can have peace and quietness, even in the midst of the noise, and trust, even in the midst of chaos. Why are the people of God so fearful? Why are the saints of God so nervous? Listening to the wrong voices. Maybe some of you need to tear your Bible up. Because I do say three, three things, and I've said three things for many, many years. All, most of you are nodding your head right now because you know what I'm about to say. Keep your nose in the book. Keep your knees bent to heaven. And keep your body in the house of God. Give the Lord some praise. So, the Lord said, I have found in David a man after my own heart who will do all my will. That means who will live according to my plan, who will walk in my footsteps, who will do what's right in my eyes, who will walk in the righteousness that I have given him. And may this be the cry for us all. May it be the wish for us all. May God say of us all, I have found a man or a woman who has a heart after me who will do all my will. That's the kind of church I want to raise up. Amen? I don't, I don't care if they say, boy, that's a powerful Holy Ghost church over there. I don't care if they say, that's a tongue-talking church over there. I don't care, care if they say, they do healing lines over there. And they dab your head with oil. Got a greasy spot on your head when you leave church. I don't care if they say that. I don't care if they say, boy, they got a great praise team. And wow, do they rock the house. (laughs) Michael. What I do care about as a pastor that w- is God would look down and he would see his people and he would say, I see in that house men and women and children whose heart is after me who will do whatever I say. That, my friends, is the definition of righteousness, right standing with God. Yes, because I've accepted Christ into my life, I have, it has been imputed to me 
the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We understand that, but we put that on like it's this cloak, this blanket of ownership that we can live however we want to live while wearing a supposed garment of righteousness. No, my friends, we need to walk in a path of righteousness, righteousness, a path of godliness, a path of holiness, so the Lord can look at you and say, there's a man after my heart who will do whatever I ask him to do. There's a woman after my heart who will do whatever I ask her to do. Is that you? Is that me? Some of you are going, man, he should have stayed another week. (laughs) This type of righteousness that I'm talking about right here, it's the righteousness that produces peace. It's the righteousness that produces quietness. It's the righteousness that produces trust. What I have because of what Jesus did at the cross of Calvary is what has made me clean in the eyes of God. It has secured my spirit to be with him. But while in this corrupt earth suit, I've got to do all that I can, and so must you as a child of God, to walk out your salvation with fear and trembling, to do all that you know to do by the power of the Holy Spirit available in your life and your understanding of this God we serve and this word that he has written for us, to walk it out. I'm sorry, you cannot wear the robe of righteousness and live like a pig. I've always been a preacher that tends to not so much draw a line in the sand. That's very much like an ultimatum. You live like this or get out. No, 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 no. My wife taught me a long time ago, we are all here in various stages of disrepair. (laughs) That means we're all here in various stages of unrighteousness because of this earth suit, this human condition. But I submit to you today that if you're not living in peace, that if you're not living in quietness, and if you're not living in trust, no matter what the circumstances would be, maybe you aren't walking in the righteousness that Christ has secured for you. Maybe you're walking in some shadow of that based on your religion, your tradition, and your rules of men but not based on an authentic experience with the Lord Jesus Christ. That, my friends, should captivate your being. Because that, my brother and sister, beloved saints of God, is what I as a pastor owe you, is an opportunity to have an encounter with Jesus Christ. But an authentic one, based on him. His standards, not yours, and certainly not mine. So maybe, just maybe, we have been trying to win based on merit for way too long. Maybe, just maybe, we have just been trying to be good enough. Let me help you with this more, something this morning as I close. 
Quit trying to win on merit. Quit trying to be good enough. Trust in what Christ did at the cross of Calvary. Now, I've also taught you this in all my eight years that I've been here, and all the 13 plus that I was up in West Branch, was that the object of our faith is the finished work of Jesus Christ at the cross of Calvary. That's where I need to put my trust and my hope, what Jesus accomplished at the cross of Calvary. Put your focus there. Trust in what Christ did at the cross of Calvary. Quit trusting in your religious tradition. Quit trusting in your church. Quit trusting in your pastor. I am just a man. And I'm thankful that you can't inspect my life because you would not be pleased with me as your pastor if you could. And you be thankful that I can't inspect your life. Because you would not be pleased with me if I could. <laughs> Let's bring it to a close, Father. Thank you, Jesus. God gave his only son to die on a cross that we may be made free from the bondage of sin. To free us from sin, not free us to sin. To free us from sin. Why? So that we can live in a manner that is pleasing in His sight. So we can live in right standing with God. So that we could wear the garment of righteousness that has been secured at the cross of Calvary and walk in righteousness as well. And the fruit of that, my brothers and sisters, in this day that we live is peace is quietness and it's trust. And if you ever needed it, you surely need it now. Second Chronicles, my last passage of the day, chapter 16, verse 9. For the eyes of the Lord move to and fro, fro excuse me, for the eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the whole earth that he may strongly support those whose heart is completely His. That's what's expected of you, child of God. That's what's expected of you, disciple of Jesus. That's what's expected of you, any that are listening to my voice who are interesting in, in, interested in accepting Jesus today. It'll cost you your life. It cost Him His life, and to live we must die. Die to self. There's a part of this earth suit, this human condition that doesn't want to do all this stuff. It's a war that's going on in our spirit for every one of us. But i got to put my trust in what Jesus Christ did at the cross of Calvary. What he secured for all of us, what he secured for you, and what he secured for me. And he's looking everywhere. His eyes or scanning the panoramic horizon, just looking for those who trust in Him that He may give His strength to them. He's just looking for some folks whose heart is completely given 
to him. He's looking for some Davids. There wasn't nothing perfect about David. And yet God said, there's a man after my own heart who will do all my will. Yet we love to tell the stories about his adultery and his murder. Well, look in the mirror yourself. Jesus said you they said of old that you shall not commit murder, but I say to you, if you're angry at your brother, you've already committed murder. Or adultery. Jesus said, you've heard it said of old, thou shalt not commit adultery, but I say to you that if you so much as look upon a woman with lust in your heart, you've already committed adultery. So quit looking at somebody else. Quit looking at your, start looking at yourself. Examine yourself. So the key, folks, is this in my final statements today. Have a heart that is completely his. Live a lifestyle that is right in the eyes of God. Live in a way that is pleasing to the Lord. Walk in right standing with him. Walk in righteousness. And because of that walk, because of that path in life, you will have peace. You will have quietness. And you will have trust. If you can believe it and you can receive it this morning, would you give the Lord some praise in the house of God? Bow your heads with me, please. Holy Father, I've done what you've asked me to do this morning. And there's no more that I can do. It is up to you and your beloved. As you deal with each heart, as you deal with each mind, as you deal with each man, each woman, each boy, each girl, may their hearts be softened by the Holy Spirit to receive this word not as the oracle of a man, but to receive this word as the word of God for each of our lives that we can have peace, that we can have quietness, that we can have trust and security. Yes, because of the righteousness that we have, because of our faith in you, but also the righteousness that we have as we walk this life with a heart set to do all you ask us to do. And Lord, even as I look now across this congregation, I can see people just soaking it in right now in this moment. This is a grave, serious moment. Father, we need your help. Lord, as we enter into even this week, some elections, some voting, less than 90 days away, a vote that will change the course potentially of history. Not a time when the normal human being is going to have peace. Not a time when the normal human being is going to feel quietness or trust. May your people rise up to be the army that you have called them to be and not sit timidly in their seats because they feel safe in their building. Lord, in this house, sit your warriors, your soldiers, 
prayer warriors, fighters. And we soak in this moment with you, Jesus. And we thank you for your word that has said the result of righteousness will be peace. The effect of righteousness will be quietness and trust forever. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. Amen. Give the Lord a praise in the house of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, I pray that you've had a, a good Sunday with us today. We thank you for being here, all of us. We got Sister June Blanchins here with us today. Give her a hand. We got other visitors that are here today. Let's give our, all of our guests and our visitors a big hand. All of you that are uh, with us online, thank you so much for being a part of this service. Uh, come back again on Wednesday night. I'm going to be back, and I'm ready to start teaching on Revelation. That was my promise before I left, and so we're going to start that this Wednesday night. I, I, uh, pro- I profess to you that it will probably not be what you're expecting. You know me too well. Praise God. Hallelujah. Stand with me for a moment, please. I want to declare and I want to speak peace over you. I want to declare and I want to speak quietness over you. I want to declare and I want to speak trust or security over you. I declare and decree over you that you will walk in right standing with God, that you will walk in a manner worthy of the life that He gave for you, that you will produce the fruits of righteousness in your life. May Psalm 91 be the hallmark of your life, that you're blessed when you get up, when you lay down, when you go out, when you come in, that you're above and not beneath, that you're the head and not the tail. You are a child of God, and may the peace of the Lord be with you. God bless you. We'll see you here on Wednesday night.